Okay, so I'm going live right now. <laughs> live. I'm supposed to get this new fancy, dancy, expensive microphone. And uh, it, it didn't work, so I had to return it. And I realize it's been a few weeks, a few weeks since I've done one of these podcasts. Huh. I really think that, okay, around in December, something happened to me. And I noticed respiratorily breathing, it's been bothering me. I mean, I got this cough, <clears throat> as you'll note, and uh, I've had this problem with my eye. So I don't know what's going on. I think it's something with the sinuses. I've been to doctors, uh, everything, and it's been you know i apologize to all you out there who haven't been doing what okay now all the messages are going to go off on this thing uh signed out of skype well you know what i don't use skype so you can get me signed out of that. i um yeah there's something going around a lot of people and i, I apologize really so i have my coffee here and uh the other day I wanted to do a podcast, I wanted to uh, make one, uh, just, just using this basic thing I have to use before, and I wanted to get my friend involved in it, but uh, you know, how hard it is this day and age to work out your schedules, and I'm just sitting down with it, I'm going to do it my own way here, and uh, go from there. I'd like to get my friend Nikki Williams on one of these, one of these days, because you know, she was... Her and uh, her husband Mike and a few other people had this uh, thing out in Kansas City. It was a um, metaphysical and paranormal uh, radio show for uh, Kansas City. And I enjoyed being on it a few times. And I'd like to get her on here one of these days if I, if I can do that. But it, it's not going to happen today. These messages, I'll tell you what. I turn this thing on. Apologize for that too. This is my two minutes of apology. <laughs> well, all right, getting my voice back. I have kind of had these flu symptoms, like I said, and a couple other problems. So, what I decided to do is really like hit my body up with vitamins, um, call off some things I'd planned, get as much sleep as I can. Try to work through this headache I have, and uh, I went hiking today. I went for like a was it eight eight mile hike, something like that, on Laurel Mountain. We had a break in the weather. It was a really nice and beautiful day to get out. A lot of ice and snow. Um, I needed it. I needed that fresh air. I, th I think in the winter time you just you get stuck indoors, and a lot of the singers out there will will tell you this: your voice is not the same in this dry air. You need some uh, some humidity to it, and another thing going up on top of the mountain. If the air is thinner, you hit a certain point, your ears pop, and from there on out, you're fine. It's less pressure on your body. It's healthier. It's better for you. The air is cleaner and crisper. So I, I did some of that, and I had some time to clear my thoughts a bit on what I wanted to do this podcast on. 
don't want to do it on what I was going to do. There's actually two subjects on my mind. One being um, something that happened in the news recently, and another one being a conversation I've been having on Twitter. Uh, it's very important, I think. But originally I was going to do one on Valentine's Day. And I always run into this problem with Valentine's Day that uh, it's all been said, you know. It's all been said and done. If you have something personal, you and your girl, uh, I, I got the girl that I've been uh, close to and seeing, Valentine, and that's it. It's between me and her. So, you know, you see these, these over-dramatic commercials, buy this diamond, buy this ring, buy this, buy that, um... What's the other one? Oh, yeah, all the oxygen channel things, you know. The perfect Valentine. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that stuff is, everybody knows is garbage. Love is um, very individual to each, each relationship you're in. And I'm reminded of this, okay, because so, uh, Valentine's Day, it is very special to me. It's very personal. But... A couple years ago, and this is my claim to fame for Valentine's Day, I was up to Westmoreland Mall, and it was a day where I'd been working a lot, and I was tired, and I really didn't want to be up there. I was half awake. That's that's my defense. Yeah, I was half awake. And I'm up there with somebody, and I'm walking through the mall, and I see this, this guy in a diaper, in a Cupid outfit, okay? And he's walking around, and I thought, <laughs> look at that sorry... Sorry, guy, he's talking to over there because he's there going to be on TV because the guy next to the Cupid had a camera. And I thought, God, I hope that never happens to me. <laughs> it wasn't five minutes later. I step out of the store and I got uh, baby Huey in a diaper and uh, Wings talking to me and recognize me. So I was like, oh, man. What what the hell? You know, what what the hell? And <laughs> so I'm standing there and this baby Cupid says to me, this old this fat little dude in a Cupid outfit, pretty cool though. He goes, uh, what's the meaning of Valentine's Day to you? I know you're a writer or something like that, and I'm like, um everybody wants the poet to say something. And what they don't realize is when the poet says something, it's probably alone by himself. Uh, usually with a couple glasses of wine, uh, or cognac, beer, picture of his girl that he can't be with, mourning it, and that pain being told into an emphasized way of saying, hey, this is how I feel. It's not walking through the mall, and it certainly is not a Valentine's Day to be commercialized. So, <laughs> I... But, uh, and I said something cheesy as hell. It was something that I thought, you know, <laughs> it was bad. It was really bad, okay? So um, I'm sitting there, and, and I, I thought, oh, God, that camera's on. <laughs> so for the next week, next year, the next five years, every Valentine's Day, what comes up on television? 
but me saying this this cheesy line and i'll never live it down i'll never ever ever live it down and i didn't even the guy had me on the spot so that's why valentine's day to me is one of those days where i'm very conscious of what i say especially on a podcast on the radio in front of the camera because you know it, you don't want to be the 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 guy that's being used to be marketing some ring or, or jewelry or candy or something you want it to mean more uh when i write poetry in my books when i write about somebody or somebody i've known uh i want that to be what they're about and uh there's been a number of them number of women that i've written written things about and i uh you know, I'm going to leave that up. The interpretation of people in their own time, especially not on a day to sell candy. And who was St. Valentine? Right, let's just get to that. He, this is the, the real beauty of St. Valentine was he was a man that was imprisoned by the Romans. He was a martyr. And he was going to be put to, to death. And his jailer um, had a daughter who was blind. And they became very close. And he really adored this girl. So he called upon the power of God. And he asked God to heal her of her blindness. And he did. And <laughs> when he um, he was beheaded, and the last thing he said to the girl was gave her a note and said, uh, Will you be my, I'll be your Valentine. Uh, in other words, I'll, that was his name, Valentine. <laughs> So, I mean, it wasn't very a beautiful picture. This guy's being put to death, but by the guy that he just just healed this guy's daughter. He loves her, and oh, my God. That's the worst love story I've ever heard in my life. And, and you know, St. Valentine is, is an amazing saint. He's one of the few that I pray to. So... You know, when you think of a Valentine's Day, you get to the heart of it all. That's what it's about. That that angst, that pain, like, but it's the highest form of love. Okay, here's a man being put to death. Guy that's going to have him killed. That really doesn't have any say so in it. Has a daughter that has a disability, and he prays for her, has her healed, and it's a, it's a selfless love. So that's what the moral of it is supposed to be. The moral of it is love is supposed to be sacrifice. It's supposed to be about something higher and bigger than yourself. It's not supposed to be about selling candy. Okay. So, you know, if anything, if I ever become a patron saint or something, I hope I'm the guy here the day after Valentine's Day when everything's on clearance. You go and you buy that stuff, okay? And you give that to a young lady or young man whichever, young ladies, whatever, you know, whatever this day and age, um, you, you give it to that person and you say, this is the day after Valentine's Saint will, to not be materialistic. Oh, okay. So I just did it. I made it about Valentine's Day and I wanted to get to the heart of that. That was my uh, original intention on that. I was... 
not to the the negative stuff, but not really negative, but just a, just the sad stuff here. It's I'm gonna try to look up here. There's a few people I have this information from. Where is it? I'm I'm um uh, yeah. I, I'm I always been in touch with the Willie Nelson's Willie Nelson's family. I I have a strange bit of you know I've known known a lot of them. Um, my brother Mark was in the music scene. He uh, wrote you for Henway and he sang uh, a few bands and he knew the uh, Corbin Hanner band of course. And uh, oh, Dave, I not Dave. His name is Dave. But anyhow, there were there were a lot of people, and these people started in the nineteen seventies and eighties when the Eagles were starting uh, different different uh, bands and groups of people that just just would sing together. Some of them got together and made they made really great music. Others were not so famous and. Traveling around, you got to meet a lot of people and see a lot of people. You just have to look at my brother Mark's guitar to know the the history of it. It's all right there, literally, it's right there. And um, I, I got the sense that he was good in the business and he wasn't, especially this area, where you have such a dramatic sense of music uh, with the Palace Theater right there. You have. Like I said, Henway. Henway did some amazing music. Uh, nice rock, country rock. Corbin Hanner wrote some uh, iconic songs. You know, my favorite one being "Lord, I Hope This Day Is Good." Um, Poncho. And you meet some of these people. <coughs> you see the people that stick together, and they they become friends and close to one another, and become like family. And I say that as an example because Willie Nelson has always done that. And whenever you think of Willie Nelson, you think of Willie. Now, this is early Willie. This is not his kids and grandkids, which I adore right now. They're really big and they're hot, and I, I want you to check them out. You know, Paula, Paula Nelson is hilarious. She's a wonderful sense of humor. I, I, I follow her just, just to see the posts she does. And she's an amazing human being, beautiful voice. Her and her dad just had a song, Folk Uke, which is Amy um, Amy Nelson and uh, Arlo Guthrie's kid, I believe. I know. But they're great, okay? And always my favorite. Well, there's Lucas. Lucas is, Lucas is just like his dad. Lucas, Lucas has a sense for the business. He's good. Um really great guy. Raylan, Raylan is probably my favorite. I really hate to say that because I love them all. All their music just reminds you of their own influences and Willie's influence of what matters and the whole sense of what Willie has set up. Um, Raylan just has, I love her lyrics. I love her stage performance. I love the way she treats people. 
Raylan, Raylan is, is somebody I always say, hey, <laughs> this this girl is as close to what Willie was in the 70s as you can get. But they all are really, really good. Um, the point being is the idea of family. And these people on the road. It was always Willie and Bobby and his sister and all these other people you knew. You, you, could, you could pick it up and say right there, okay, that's, that's Willie's family. This is his road family. And the one that always, always had his back, the one guy was Paul English. I'll never forget. First time I saw Willie Nelson perform, and he's he's not a bit tall guy, but he's got these arms like, uh, my God, he's like He Man, you know. Willie's 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 a tough dude. He's a guy that you can you can tell that when he's writing about the the farmers and about America, he has that sense in his whole character. Nothing is fake about Willie Nelson. And and there's Paul English in the drums and, and Sister Bobby on the piano and you felt like in a way it was like a church service. So, you know, the other day I'm reading and I I hear that Paul English passed away and it was um he had pneumonia, I guess. I I don't know all the details. That's nothing I you know, I don't know him personally. But I know just just seeing how incredibly gifted the man was, how incredibly personally treated all those years with Willie and and even Paul is named after him. This this is something you don't see today in music. Nowadays you have. I'm getting a tear in my eye here because it makes me think about it. Uh, you have boy bands and all these these bands that are set up or these people that are made to become famous in Hollywood. It wasn't like that with, with Willie. You take Willie and Chris and Johnny Cash, those three mainly. And of course, I'll add Waylon because I called him the Highwayman. But um, when they started out, especially Johnny, the Rockabilly, Willie and Waylon, and Chris too, because Chris does his thing his own way. They tried marketing them. And it hit a point where Willie just said, you know, why am I relying on these big studios when I can do it my own way? I want to have the fun and the love with the music. And these are the people I want to perform with. These are the people I'm traveling with. These are the people that are my family. And he went back down to his ranch, and uh, he went through a lot of different difficulties. Willie Nelson has not had an easy life. He um, took the music back home, and what he brought was the concept album. What he brought was the country song that you could relate to again. It wasn't mass-marketed with the volume way up just to make the singer sound good. It was the song going back to the lyrical ability, the Chris Christopherson type of music that is a Rhodes Scholar. Willie Nelson had the heart of America as a child, picking cotton and living on a farm and 
being authentic. And that's what you get is that authenticism to it. So when you would hear a Willie Nelson song coming from this background of how he re revamped music so that you would know Willie Nelson's song playing on that guitar or a trigger that's all busted up an old Martin. Paul on the drums. You knew it was a Willie Nelson song. Part of that was Paul, you know? And, and Paul English is one of those guys. He, he, he wasn't the, the front man singing. There's a lot of different bands. I could think of a few people like Chris had in his band or John Prine had in their band. These are people that day in and day out are there helping to make the music good. And as authentic as what I just said. They're never going to be a name that you're going to go out and say, well, I got a Paul English CD. You realize that the whole product of Willie's band is Paul English a part of that. And I've spent the past few days since I heard that he passed just listening to so many songs and picking out what makes the music good in a lot of those early albums and then especially, especially if you get the ones that are on tour or live. You realize what a genius Paul English was with the rhythm. And then you get the stories of Willie and, you know, that song, Me and Paul, and of course, all, all this, all the stuff that I'm sure if I had uh, Paul or Raylan or one of his other kids here, they, they have a ton of stories. And it was, they, they'd probably call him Uncle Paul, you know. I really want to take this, this moment to just dedicate... Uh, a little bit of time to Paul English and thank him from, from the heart of everybody I've known growing up uh, that was influenced by his take on music with Willie and say thank you because it's, it's really always been that incredibly moving music. And if you really want to get good with it, Check out some of Willie Nelson's gospel music. And that, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really go out on the line here and say, I'm not a huge fan of gospel, okay? I, I'm not. My grandmother was, and uh, she'd be, if she were here, she'd be the one to tell you about it. <laughs> Her favorite song was By the Garden. And, uh, you know, that one, uh, he walks with me and he, talks to me and he tells me I am his own. Uh, see, these songs, these songs touch you, okay? And that's why they're gospel. That's why they're psalms. And um, psalm is a spiritual song that carries a message that's divine. And where it's divine is where it touches your soul. So when you listen to those, and a lot of those are just very simple studio albums of Willie at his house doing the things his way, playing them. So you get you get Willie's voice, you get the guitar, you get you get the piano, it's probably Bobby, and you get the you get the 
percussion in the background, the drums, it's a lot of that is Paul. That's like that's like going to church, man. That's some of the best music ever been made. I can't remember the one I have, but if you pick up, I'm pretty sure, any Willie Nelson gospel, you will know what I'm talking about. So, growing up as I did with this, this older brother, that was kind of a black sheep that <laughs> did things his own way and got into the music business. And I would just know a lot of these people by being around him and when I was a kid, I listened to them play, and I never thought it was extremely. I was never like taken by who they were, by their name, and I never pushed that. I had an eclectic sense of what was good, <laughs> and it wasn't just about how it sounded. It was watching people play it, seeing the love and the family of it, um, the interaction with the audience. Paul English, man. Even though he wasn't in that circle, it was a similar circle, and other people from the circles that I knew knew him and that. I don't know anybody that's ever said anything bad about the man. So, Paul, um, thinking about you and your family, and I'm thinking about Willie and everybody, and uh, that's just a real... Uh, it's like Paul English, you know? Certain people shouldn't... You never expect to ever hear that they passed because they're just they're a mainstay so all right i wanted to say something quick here too because i went on twitter earlier i'm probably still getting some uh, feedback oh yeah lots of feedback Having a hard time gluing this on what's the official name of Whammo. Okay, well. <laughs> okay, well, well, there's two things here I'm doing here right now. I um, was not happy with Doctor Who. I was not happy with Doctor Who today. I haven't watched the show in a while, but Lord Byron, I have a first edition here of Lord Byron, and they they just butchered the character of Lord Byron. It was it was horrible. Okay, but first of all, uh, Fareed Zakaria said about different um, types of energy, and it was political, and I wasn't really paying attention to it, and I didn't care a whole hell of a lot about. Which politician? It could have been Trump, could have been Bernie Sanders, could have been Biden, it could have been, uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter on these different energies. They talked about nuclear. And they talked about nuclear as if it was the safest energy source that there is. And I'm going to have friends of my father say, hey, you know, I make good money doing this job, don't, don't bash it. And I'm not. Okay, I'm not here to bash the people doing the job. My father worked for nuclear. He had been a district supervisor for household finance and GE credit, and he lost his job. What are you going to get as a job when you're in your, your 60s? And you have a family. And, you know, it, it was good money. They, they, they got a job. And I, 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 have, 
I, I give a lot of credit to the men that work in nuclear. Um, my father did it because it was a good paying job, but it's not safe. There is nothing safe about nuclear energy. And my point was, I said, hey, you know, you need to research this better before you go on and tell people that this is a good topic. Um, my father died from pancreatic cancer. I didn't really think about it at the time. But as I sit back now, I can think of maybe four or five people that died from pancreatic cancer mainly. One being my dad's friend, Bob Hoffman, who was a wonderful guy. And then my father. A couple of, just, just a string of people I know that are real close to me. Um, Russ Burkholder. Russ was just in healthy, really healthy shape. He felt a little sick, went to the doctor and had stage three terminal cancer. and did, He didn't even last long at all. And that, 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 you know, so when I say things to people and I make a comment... Very seldom am I outspoken. I'm not doing it because I have an opinion on it. I'm doing it, doing it because I've seen a lot of men die, die from this. Uh, I'm always personally going to say my father because here's a man that fought in World War II, was in the Merchant Marines, Korea, did a hell of a lot of things in his life, and, and because of a job, killed him. And then I learned a lot. You know, I learned a lot from these guys that, you know, one pound or so of plutonium equally distributed across the earth uh, would kill pretty much every living thing. Uh, when the Fukushima accident happened, I remember them all saying, hey, they're using seawater. And I asked questions, so I learned. And then I read a lot of things, too, so I learned. I learned that one of the jobs was you have you have outside water and inside water in, in a reactor, and the outside water runs in tubes and the inside water runs in tubes. Well, a lot of times these tubes crack and they have to seal them and fix them, and that radiated water gets out. And I don't want to go into all the details on it because it, it's very very. You you can get to the point where you lose track of what you're talking about. You get in these conversations, especially on Twitter, people ask you the same question over and over again. And you're like, well, you know, I'm saying this because my father passed away because of this job, because I see the dangers of radi radiation. I see how they would go in and have people do a, do a smear to see what level of radiation was on a piece of metal coming through, whether they could sandblast that radiation off or not, and then sell that scrap to China and then have it come back for toys for kids here. Or the kids in China. I mean, there shouldn't be any difference. And uh, a lot of times these people wouldn't, wouldn't, they miss things. Or I've heard things where, you know, waste was held in a container in a truck and it leaked out and they had to actually dig all the dirt up around the truck and bury that and where do you bury something that half-life said million years let's say do you put it in concrete and metal uh, and, and a plat you know is that gonna hold up for a million years it gets into the groundwater a lot of this in Montana there, there's all these factors to radioactive 
energy, which radiation, pound by pound, is a very efficient form of energy, no doubt. But you take things like my dad. He inhaled a cesium flea. And it's what it is, it's a small, highly, highly radioactive piece of the of apparently the reactor. And it's followed by static electricity. So you go through and they they always check for what radiation you have on your body. Before and after and then you wear bubble suits with forced air. And they found that he had ingested a flea. And one time he had one on his shoe and they 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 get it with a piece of tape. <coughs> this time excuse me. This time he ingested it. And this is this is the thing you deal with when you ingest a highly radioactive <laughs> cesium flea. It's like, well, do you um figure if you can't pass it within a couple days through your body, you're dead. <laughs> you're, you're dead. And there, were, there was a woman right before this happened, because my dad said, wow, this this woman had this, this cesium flea she injected, and she sued over it because it, was, it, it caused a lot of health problems, and she eventually died from it. Very healthy woman, you know. And it happened to him. So thankfully he passed it. But in the meantime, you're, think about this is going through all your body. And this started to happen a good bit with these people. And uh, my dad being one of them, and that's that's what... Uh... Then, then I go into things like, you know, him finding out he had pancreatic cancer, all the hospital visits, all the conversations with them, all this whole situation of watching him die. So I'm taking all this into context when I'm saying to people, to the point now that you can take water from the Pacific after the Fukushima thing and find radiation in it. And say, do you realize the dangers of this? And I'm getting this political feedback. So I wanted to just put this out there that I'm not... Oh, and then I get, well, what do you think, coal's bad? Do you think this is bad? or that? No, that's not my point. My point is, yes, coal has its bad things and good things too. Solar does as well. You know, I mean, you, you have batteries that are highly corrosive batteries that you're trying to hide, put somewhere to, to store the energy to. There's always always something energy-wise that's on key. My point is, like, for, for Zakaria, if you're going to be a journalist and you're going to go on, you're going to do this for a political reason, to compare two politicians and their, their views. Research it more to where you know of, of the, the history of the consequences of it uh, that affect the people that live near it. I mean, you, you, um, you, you have to put that work into it. It's just like, it's basically like Doctor Who. You have to put the work in and know who Lord Byron is before you write a character and, and have it be Lord Byron. It's just, it's just ridiculous, you know. I mean, I, I uh, sit here as a human being that lost my father over this and I'm getting the the whack pack I actually know one of uh, Howard Stern's whack packs so, I mean trust me I'm not comparing them because my god uh, these these people are wonderful artists 
this isn't a shtick. This is the real thing. You know, this is life and death. This is something that uh, nuclear energy is very dangerous. And I'm not a big proponent of it, okay? <laughs> and I have a right to say that. <clears throat> uh, but that's just my opinion on it. And I encourage everybody to research it with nuclear the pros and cons what you're voting on I guess although what you're voting on doesn't matter so much it's kind of like the people that voted for saving all the trees after they were logged a hundred years ago and spent their whole lives saying hey let's uh, preserve this and we get one politician in the end that says let's cut them all down it's profitable well you know we're looking at something that will outlast waste wise human civilization so well, one politician's view doesn't matter so much as being um, aware of it in all levels. No matter what your political party is or anything or your country you're in, we all breathe the same air, we all drink the same water, and uh, we're all affected by it. So be very mindful of the dangers of these different energies that you're hearing about. Uh, I'm sick of talking about it on there today. People, uh, got another one. Got another one. <laughs> I just seem to copy and paste these things and, and just, just say it all again. So, all right. Well, I, I, I thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I really didn't cover a whole lot I wanted to, but I wanted to go into the history of music there for a little bit and uh, send my thoughts out couple things on Valentine's Day here. Hey, the groundhog saw his shadow. We didn't see it. I forget which. But anyhow, it's going to be in early spring, he says. I'm eager to get out of here start feeling better. I encourage all of you to do the same. And uh, thank you for tuning in. God bless.